Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure. Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. If you're planning a meeting, conference, or special event in Missoula, consider the Wingate by Wyndham. Our event space is comfortable and flexible. Whether you need an intimate boardroom meeting or a conference war 100, Missoula's Wingate is the perfect fit. Our audio-visual equipment, upgraded internet, and flexible food and beverage policies allow you to put on an impressive show without breaking the bank. Call us at Missoula's Wingate, where we make you feel at home when you're not. Coulter, North Dakota State. Won yet another national championship. It was a really good game, actually, ultimately. It wasn't that great early. It looked like it was going to be just NDSU again. But James Madison came all the way back. Some clock mismanagement, if you ask me, down the stretch the last 60 seconds of that game. Nonetheless, they had first and goal on the two with eight seconds left, something like this. Uh, and down eight, they needed a two-point conversion. Throw an interception. Game over. NDSU wins again. Which... You, you kind of expected it is it is such a phenomenon man for as good as James Madison was this season North Dakota State has a culture in which in big moments when they get pressed they they just know that they're going to make a play to win the game I mean in, in against South Dakota State they have a fourth down that they need to convert and they rip off a 70 yard touchdown in this game teams driving to make a victory and or at least to, you know to, to, to tie to stay in the game and they they make an interception it felt a little clemsony to me actually clemson has won what 30 consecutive games now are they on a 30 game winning streak something like this and against ohio state who might have been the better team frankly in that football game they needed to make a play ohio state's driving to take the lead back of the whole deal and clemson just sort of like well no no i mean we will make a play we know we're going to win this game now, i don't know about tonight we'll talk more about it but nonetheless north dakota state wins the game trey lance takes on the jerry rice award as well as the walter payton award he finished with 166 yards on 30 carries and a touchdown rushing in this game that's the quarterback people he was only six of ten through the air but they really didn't need to be they ran the ball a lot and it was an outstanding performance once again from ndsu who was way out in front of everybody first of all how breathtaking for lack of a better word was trey lance's what proved to be the go-ahead game ceiling 
touchdown. I mean, it's a 44-yarder where he he looked at absolutely. It, it, it was a it was an encompassing look at just how physically superior he is to literally everyone on the field. You asked me, you asked rhetorically, really, in the last hour, and we've talked about this throughout. But you know what? What's it going to take for people that aren't associated with a team or a city to care about the FCS? And it a lot of the talk has revolved around North Dakota State and the run, and is the run you know is the street good or not for the FCS and so forth and so forth. You know what the reality is? What's going to draw people in? Players. And if you got a kid in Trey Lance who is market NFL quarterback, okay, straight up, period. And especially with the precedence of a Carson Wentz having already been through here, he's not trying to break through any type of glass ceiling with the – I mean, shoot, the, 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 the league has been full of FCS quarterbacks now, okay? But when you talk about a kid who you're like, this guy's going – why would you watch Wyoming play football three years ago, two years ago? Oh, they got a kid they're talking about being a top 10 type of quarterback playing football there. And that brings people in. And, I, and Trey Lance – He's that dude. I, I got no qualms about saying that right now. It's a, it's a great point, especially. The, the, here's the thing, I don't, I don't personally think that Trey Lance is as good of an NFL prospect as Carson Wentz, but that does not mean that I don't think he's a better college player because he is, because, well, because he can run, and that's so much more conducive in the college game and being more athletic than everyone and else. Now the NFL game, man. No, abs- absolutely, absolutely. You're just going to be hard. Pr- I mean. Carson Wentz has one of the greatest arms on planet Earth. The first time I ever saw Carson Wentz throw a ball, the very first time I was like, that kid is a first-round draft pick. I do not care what his statistics are. I do not care anything. He is a first-round draft pick because of the way he can throw it. I mean, he you get him in front of scouts, he can throw it better than almost anybody. It's very similar to Josh Allen. Everybody was like, well, this kid threw for less than 2,000 yards at Wyoming. Why is he getting so much draft type? Well, you go watch him play, you're like, oh, he's 6'5", and he throws the ball as well as anybody. Yeah. It's just a matter of honing it in, and Carson Wentz has been able to hone it in at times, not as much this year. Josh Allen has been able to hone it in at times. But the thing about Trey Lance that's different, though, is that Carson Wentz didn't get to be the face of the program until he was in his fourth year, and then he got hurt. And he Carson Wentz started less than 20 games at NDSU. Trey Lance has already started 16 games, and he's not given that seat up unless he grad transfers or straight up transfers somewhere else, which... I don't think it was outside the realm of possibilities. But when you go, I mean, the kid threw for 2,800-plus yards. He rushed for 1,100-plus yards, and he scored 40, or he accounted for 42 total touchdowns and no interceptions. It's it's absurd what he did. But I do agree with you. The fact that he's a dual-threat guy that seems to truly embrace the spotlight, he has a lot more charisma, outward charisma, than any of the quarterbacks that they've had. And I think the fact that he's a little bit more flashy Helps a lot too, but he he is a star that I think that they could market. And the fact that he, the thing about it is, Easton Stick, Carson Wentz, these guys they didn't they were so part of the system, even though they had NFL talent, that they didn't put up the crazy numbers to win the individual awards. Trey Lance winning that award, I think now it puts it makes him way more of a star going forward. People are going to look at him. It, He's going to be looked at separately from them, and that's that's been the biggest issue they've had in cultivating stars is even the guys that have been standouts have been a part of the machine, and he's special enough and has arrived on the scene early enough that he can be outside of that. But to me, the NDSU program was best encompassed and best summed up by that last play because first it revealed, or I guess it affirmed, 
just the the refuse to lose. We are going to do whatever it takes to win. Mm-hmm. We don't know how to lose. Everybody talks about learning how to win. North Dakota State forgot how to lose. That's yeah. why they're so amazing. But then you look at the kid who made the pick, James Hendricks. Once upon a time, James Hendricks was a highly touted quarterback recruit. They brought him in to be the next dude after Carson Wentz. And then because of, they had this other kid who ended up transferring, I can't remember his name, but he was sort of the bridge. He was supposed to be the bridge between Easton Stick and Trey Lance. But then I think he got out of Dodge because I think he knew, like, I'm not beating out Trey no. Lance, so I'm just gonna, yeah. I'm just gonna leave. But Hendricks, in the meantime, saw the writing on the wall very early because of this other kid as well, and so he started playing defense. But he didn't get a chance to be a starter until he was a junior last year. And now he's a fifth-year senior, but he learned behind Robbie, Robbie Grimsley and Trey Dempsey. Those are the only two players, at least I think, to my knowledge, that started 60-plus games in their college football careers. So to learn behind those guys, and then when it's your turn, be able to rise up and embrace the moment, that's the NDSU program in a nutshell. The sideline reporter asked Matt Entz after the game, what has this been like for you? And he said, it's been utterly surreal because this program's not mine yet. I've been a coach here for a long time. But the players do it all, and that's the thing that makes yeah. North Dakota State so special. Everyone holds each other accountable, and you know the standard, and you cannot you cannot play in the system unless you know the standard. I would say, too, though, to that, Matt Entz, I thought the play of the game, the call of the game, was the fake field goal touchdown. Definitely. this is a That was a moment where North Dakota State felt very much in control of it, and the conventional wisdom is to take points. But we talked to Jeff Colhane, who's the voice of the Bison in the lead-up to this. Uh, uh, to this game. And he said, you know, one thing that Matt Entz wanted to do is said he was going to do, he said, I'm forcing teams to defend us on every single play. I don't care if it's a field goal, if it's an extra point, like you always have to be ready to defend us. And you know what? James Madison was not ready to defend them on that play. They thought it's a field goal. They had to take the points and, and they didn't do it. And it was a risk that had a high reward and a high probability of success given the situation, but you also have to have the onions to get out there and go for it. And and to, for that, Matt Entz deserves credit because I, I agree. I mean, a lot of people, the, the the coach, it's so funny where he the coach is the face of almost every college football program in America, but not at North Dakota State, especially now, because it's such a machine. You go, okay, well, of course they won. I could have been the coach, you know, whatever it is. Well, I thought Matt Entz, he deserves credit for for the year, certainly for winning a national championship. And in that moment, making a decision that wasn't resting on the laurels or even the way the game seemed to be going. And, and they were ready to make that play and then they made it, but you're right. I mean, it's all about the players and, and guys, you know, who, who step up in the big moments and guys like Trey Lance, who seem to always be uh, just straight gamers. I mean, period, end of story. And then you're going to watch this kid for a long time and he is going to bring eyeballs to the FCS. There's no doubt about it. Coulter, you have a business, and your business is based in the World Wide Web. Indeed I do. So I'm on my computer all the time. And if you're not online, you're not making money, and it is important to make sure that you're online and secure. Am I right? Absolutely. Got to be cyber safe this day and age. Well, for you business owners out there, whether you have an online business or a brick-and-mortar business, it's still running through the web. We all know that's a fact. And in today's always-on world, your business demands a simpler approach to network security. At Blackfoot Communications, they deliver state-of-the-art security solutions from the perimeter to the endpoint devices and remote data backup 
for businesses across the state of Montana. They do. They're keeping everybody cyber secure and ensuring that businesses run the way that they need to across the state. So ensure your company's network is online all the time. For more information, visit goblackfoot.com slash business. That's goblackfoot.com slash business. And you can click the link right here in the old podcast. We've made it so very easy for you. Go visit and find out how to keep your business or the business of people you know secure online with Blackfoot. The number one seed falls 28-12 as Tennessee beats Baltimore. San Francisco just asphyxiates Minnesota 27-10. And then the swing of swings in Kansas City as Houston was up 24-0 only to be down at halftime 28-24 and lose by 20. But around here, I think the most number of people interested in games over the weekend was the Green Bay Seattle game and the Green Bay Packers were up 21-3 and then Seattle comes out of the half and scores touchdowns not points touchdowns on possession one possession two possession three to come close to coming all the way back had their opportunities a big sack on a third down play in which Seattle certainly would have gone for it on fourth down if they would have been in any sort of range whatsoever with about two and a half, three minutes to go, forced Seahawks to punt. The Seahawks defense held initially, and then as Green Bay got the ball back, they uh, were were trying to move the ball. A huge first down to Devontae Adams, and then the final play of the game that ultimately sealed it up somewhat poetic as Jimmy Graham got a very generous spot to give a first down and the victory to the Green Bay Packers 28-23. Here's how the call sounded by Steve Rabel on Seahawks Radio Network. Rodgers awaits the snap. He takes it. Here comes the blitz. Rodgers steps, throws over the middle. Jimmy Graham makes the catch, and he's going to have a first down. At the 35-yard line, Lano Hill made the tackle. But I think they got the spot just across the line to make. They needed nine. They got ten. The ruling of the field stands his call. Now, this is interesting, Coulter, because to hear Steve Rabel give the call, he said that they got a first down. You know what he doesn't have access to? The yellow line. The yellow line. Yeah. And when he's looking at it, and seeing, he can see the marker. He can see where they need to get. Certainly when the, the official came in and placed the ball, it was a first down. But he didn't even sort of protest the call initially. Now, looking at it on TV, it looked short all day long. I mean, you can see where the helmet is. And the ball's behind the helmet. And the helmet's at the line. We know the line's not official, but it's pretty close to official. Not, not the way that the Seattle Seahawks wanted that thing to end. By the way... Still very much an uphill battle. I mean, they're down five. Green Bay's probably going for it on fourth down right there to seal the thing up anyway. I might also add, add it was a fumble and a clear recovery by the Packers on the first possession of the game that gives Green Bay with the lead the ball deep in Seattle territory. So, look, man, all this stuff kind of evens out uh, at a certain level. Nonetheless, a win by the Green Bay Packers, and it's one versus two in the NFC in Levi Stadium on Sunday for the right to go to the Super Bowl. Well, you know this stuff drives me crazy. Yep. I, 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 I hate that we've devolved into like the way that we lead analyzing a game is by two penalty calls. Yeah. Like there's so many things that happen in a football game. 
be better on third down if you want to win if you're the Seahawks. Be better in the first half. Be they better. scored three points. Be better. Yeah. Period. Yeah. It was, I, it was I, a I, really entertaining game, though, wasn't it? It was a very entertaining game. Have you The last thing I was going to say about the penalties. Yeah. Did you see there's a camera on the on the, the spot stick? Yes. Did you, have you seen? On, the, on the pylon. On the pylon. Right? Have, you, have you seen the, yeah. the angle from that? Sure. Yeah, it crosses yeah. the line. Yeah. So then I don't care what the yellow line says. Regardless, though. There, there, there was there was 119 plays run in this game. So to break it down and say that one bad spot or one yellow line deter it's just it's not the case. The the most striking parts to me were first of all, just how hard it is to run the ball in the playoffs, man. All these games, and if you can do it if to any level of efficiency, then you're, you're the Tennessee Titans. You're the Tennessee Titans, and yeah. you're going to win. Yeah. Or you're the San Francisco 49ers, and you are going to destroy the Minnesota Vikings. But the I thought that this was a very competitive game. I thought it's interesting because on paper, coming into this weekend, I think you would have said that this was the, the best matchup in, as far as the, how good both teams were. But then it also played out like that, too. Mm-hmm. I thought that there's a lot of just really good in this game. But I thought that the way that Aaron Rodgers has embraced the changes in identity that Matt LaFleur has emphasized, if the Green Bay Packers win the Super Bowl this year, it's not going to be Aaron Rodgers, the gunslinger that led them to the promised land. Although he is the face of the franchise, there's no question he will get an absolutely a ton of credit. But this is not like when they won the Super Bowl the first time around, where it's just A-Rodge thrown out of his back pocket, throwing from every arm angle that ever existed, just slanging it all over the field, making me laugh out loud. This is Aaron Rodgers, the mature game-managing quarterback. And, I mean, he played great yesterday, but basically what this Packers style has as can be whittled down to is they want to get you in a they, – they love manageable third downs because they know that they got the dude who's going to convert. What, they, what were they – I mean, they were 9 of 14 yesterday, but that was with a couple late stops. I think they converted like seven of their first eight, maybe eight of their first nine. And, and also when they had to have them, I mean, on the last yes. drive, the dime that Aaron Rodgers dropped into Devontae Adams over the top, it's such a spectacular throw between coverage. And then, you know, the throw to Jimmy Graham was – I guess an av- a normal throw, but nonetheless one that you got to have on third down to seal up the football game because, again, the last thing that you want – what did Aaron Rodgers say before the game? I want the ball late. It, is, it seems like it's been Russell Wilson who ends up with the ball late and finds a way. And 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 that, that didn't happen. Let's hear it from Pete Carroll talking about this team and this season after it's all said and done. Well, we're real disappointed that, that we put ourselves in a position where we had to come flying back in this game. And as crazy as it seems, we went in at halftime. These guys were jacked up to go ahead and, and take on the challenge of coming back. And so we talked like like we do about the things that we have to do to you know keep your mind right and your focus correct so that you can position yourself for an opportunity to come back. And they did it. They did it again. And, and I'm, I'm so proud of this team. I mean, this is this team. You, the fans that, that follow us and watch us, they know. And you've seen this. And I hope at home that uh, as it started happening, you could you can imagine it happening again because we surely did. And I hope that it conveyed to the people that follow us and the, the, the Twelves and the, the great following that we have. Uh, this is, I think, is the start of this team. I think this is, uh, it feels like, like 2012 all over again. You know what? I, I actually agree with Pete Carroll in that respect. Like, this is a team 
that went 11 and 5 and felt like it overachieved in terms of the record that it ended up with. And because of San Francisco, they still ended up with just the five seed and a very competitive NFC. But to win a game in the postseason on the road and get into the divisional round of the playoffs feels like, first of all, I think they deserve to be here, Seattle, uh, and and had themselves in a position to win that game. But in total, they're not as good a football team as the Green Bay Packers are. I mean, on on, on the offensive line in particular, Green Bay is, is outstanding. And the running game, which is weird to say, Green Bay is better than Seattle is. And, and part of that, obviously, is because of injuries. And that's that's part of it. You'd, you'd think that th- losing your top three guys at a single position wouldn't really happen, but sure enough, there it did to Seattle, and that certainly is disappointing and changed the complexion even with Marshawn Lynch coming back and all that. So that 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 is there. That said, this is a young team. This is a team that's building, and when they go through yet another draft, uh, if they can keep Jadavion Clowney, who, by the way, is a free agent now, but I thought overall... What they got out of Jadavion Clowney on the season after he came over from Houston was outstanding. I thought he played really well for this team. Had some games where he was somewhat anonymous, but he had some game-wrecking types of games as well. And I thought he was good in this game. So if they could keep Jadavion Clowney, I think that's big for this team. But it is a it is a team and an iteration of it that's building. And guess what? Russell Wilson has come into his own as a top three quarterback in the NFL, period, end of story. And he's been right there for a long time, but it—he's always had him and who else, and now it's those questions don't exist; they don't exist anymore. Let's hear from Russell Wilson. In fact, Russell talking about expecting to come back like they always do. When we were down twenty-one-three at half, you know, and just kind of told the guys we're going to win this game. You know, unfortunately, we didn't, <laughs> but uh, the belief was that we were going to find a way, and um, that's the thing that we've been able to do all year. Um, we were able to find a way, you know, 95% of the time. And, uh, you know, so when we got the ball back there with however many minutes left, five minutes to go or whatever, we felt that. You know, the whole sideline felt it. Um, I think they felt it, too, as, uh, as, as their team, too. And uh, that's just the reality. The reality is we didn't, we didn't make the one or two plays that we needed to. That's true. I mean, it's true. He went he went 277 yards in this game, had a touchdown. 21 of 31 was really good. He also rushed uh, for 64 yards. He actually led the team in rushing by a lot, which ain't good. And yet he is good. Should have. I mean, he should have. He should have had into the teens of sacks. He ended up getting sacked five times. I mean, they were just in the backfield all the time. He's a complete magician avoiding the pass rush of the Green Bay Packers yesterday. Well, first of all, to to finish your point about the Seahawks and their future, I think that when you get to the playoffs and then you win a game in the playoffs, a lot of franchises, they're going to go one of two ways because the window in the NFL is just so small and it fluctuates so quickly. And it remains to be seen what's going to happen with the New England Patriots. It remains to be seen what, I mean, the Minnesota Vikings, their their window is very interesting after getting drubbed by San Francisco where do you turn from here? I mean, Everson Griffin's going to be up for a new deal soon. The Kirk Cousins deal that I that I hate, it's still only a three-year deal. So where do you go with Kirk Cousins? Linval Joseph is going to be up. Xavier Rhodes is going to be a free agent in the offseason. Where do you go if you're Minnesota? And there's a lot of times when you lose, you have to you have to pivot and, and go a different direction. Who are you going to sign? Who are you going to not going to sign? To get to the final eight of the NFL Plus, it takes an elite roster. And so with the salary cap, you can't always keep everybody. 
Seattle's in a very good spot because yes. they have their dude under center. They do have a decision to make under Jadavion Clowney, but the almost and Bobby Wagner having your your best defensive player, who's also your unquestioned defensive leader, be a middle linebacker is a huge advantage in the NFL. Because on one hand, you say that you're paying that guy way higher than what actual market value is for a Mike, but you're also only paying him what eight and a half. Oh, way less than what you'd pay a corner. I think he's actually over. I think he might be at, at eleven or twelve. Sure, but you're still you're still not paying. It's 20. not nineteen. Yeah, it's not twenty. It's not what DNs and corners mm-hmm. get. So right. you can structure. You can go get some of those other guys too, and still fit it into uh, the scope of the salary cap. When the Packers won their first two games, largely on their defense this year, you were wondering aloud: Is the Packers defense? really elite. Are the Packers going to be able to win games with their defense? And now here we are in January, and the answer is absolutely definitively yes. Well, I would I would say this to you. I agree, and it's a good thing, because for them to have any chance in San Francisco, I'm not optimistic about what they're going to be able to do offensively. And they got it. I mean, they got the guy who's, if anybody can do it, it's Aaron Rodgers. And they got, I mean, Devontae Adams was spectacular yesterday. Aaron Jones, 21 carries, 62 yards, that's you know three yards of carry ain't gonna you know ain't gonna get it done and but, you would expect thing, less that's, than that. That's the thing though is like Aaron Jones looked among the best running backs of the weekend because that's how hard it is to run the that's ball. Right. I mean, three yards per carry is twice what Dalvin Cook was getting. I mean, the 49ers were just stuffing the Vikings. The Vikings were averaging like one point three yards a carry. I mean, what they did to Dalvin Cook in Minnesota was truly remarkable. I mean, I, I have such respect for Dalvin Cook and his how good he is, and, and and Minnesota. I mean, running the ball in general with their line and everything, absolutely stuffed. And that's why I think it's it's. I mean, not think it's going to be. Period. Who you are? I mean, uh, I mean the Vikings. The Vikings rush for twenty one yards. How yes. many how many runs did the Packers rush for? One hundred nine. Okay, so that's that is so much better though. Yep. I mean, the Vikings a- averaged two point one yards per carry. Dalvin Cook nine carries for eighteen yards. So sixty seven yards is by no means, or sixty two yards is by no means right. world beating. But that that's kind of what you got to get. But but to circle back around to the the point about the Packers defense. That's what they got to win with against San Francisco. They somehow, we way. knew we knew that Adrian Amos is a great player, yeah. and he and he has been a great player for them. Kevin King has definitely taken the next step, mm-hmm. which has been huge. But Zadarius Smith, Preston Smith, and Kenny Clark are three dudes who I just love. I mean, yeah. Kenny Clark is an animal, man. Yes, he is. And the interior defensive linemen they never get any love unless they're flexing with their shirt off on Instagram, like Aaron Donald. And I mean, obviously, Aaron Donald is the defensive player of the year in the NFL. He's he's an outstanding, outstanding talent. But guys like Kenny Clark, those are the dudes who help you win this time mm-hmm. of year. And the additions that they made defensively are why they're standing here where they are today. Yep, no, no doubt. And, and Zadarius Smith and what he has been for this team and continues to be as a pass rusher. I mean, they picked him up at exactly the right time where he was below what his market value should have been at, and he has overperformed his contract and everything. And he got a good contract from the Green Bay Packers, but he was outstanding. I don't know. No one knows if Marshawn Lynch is going to come back. It seems pretty unlikely, great as he was down on the goal line and the energy that he was. He still only rushed for like 2.2 yards of carry, something like that. But he did do a press conference, and it is one of the favorite things, well, that I've ever heard. Here's the whole thing. It's less than a minute long. That was solid. Pretty solid. We lost. We'll see what's handy. But look, I'll say like this, though, right? It's a vulnerable time for a lot of these young dudes, you feel me? 
they don't be taking care of their chicken right, you feel me? So when y'all done, you go ahead and take care of yourself. So while y'all at it right now, take care of y'all bodies, you know what I mean? Don't take care of y'all chicken, you feel me? Don't take care of y'all mentals, because look, we ain't lasting that long. Um, you know, I had a couple players that I played with that, you know what I mean? They no longer here no more, they no longer. So I mean, you feel me? Start taking care of y'all mentals, y'all bodies, and y'all chicken for when y'all, you know, ready to walk away. You walk away and you be able to do what you want to do. But I appreciate it. Thank y'all. I have a good day. Marshawn Lynch, <laughs> the one and the only man. This is why, you know, he's why everybody loves this guy. Loves him. And how can you not? You know, he's up there offering sage advice in a very unorthodox package. That's the thing, man. Like, <laughs> I don't know. It's, 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 a, it's a whole different language. And yet, if if you if you traffic it, nobody that is there being more reasonable and rational than Marshawn Lynch about all this stuff. Nobody. So you know, get y'all chicken right. <laughs> Russell Wilson, I'm playing with Marshawn Lynch again. To have Marshawn come back and um, to play with us um, was really cool. To be honest with you, I know everybody you know thinks about you know what happened before. I don't even go into it, but. Um, the reality is he's a champion, he's a, he's a warrior, he's a guy who I've always loved playing with. He was so much fun to play with when I was a young rookie pup trying to figure things out and in so many other ways. And we won the second, first Super Bowl, we went to the second Super Bowl, all those things. And um, that didn't end the way we wanted it to, but fast forward um, to, to the time that he came back this year um, in the midst of a storm. But what Marshawn was able to do, it, to be able to talk to the young guys like Homer and to lift him up and inspire him and to be able to just um, step in with a great leadership and great focus and a lot of fun, too. Um, you know, he did some special things, you know, and so it was a lot of fun playing with 2-4 again. You know, guests, the Wingate by Wyndham is the Missoula Hotel that truly offers something for everybody. No doubt. It's conveniently located near the airport, easy for when your friends come to visit you. And you know, of course, my favorite, water slides. That's right, they got an awesome water park with a sweet water slide that's perfect for families, groups, and birthday parties. With the Wingate, they also have a terrific business travel rate, large meeting spaces for you and your clients, and one of the best rewards programs you'll find anywhere. Talk to me about breakfast. They're not messing around with the Continental. They got the full breakfast spread, man. That's what I'm talking about. I need that. They got you covered there as well. Just down the road from the Missoula Airport, the location is quiet and convenient. The parking is ample and free, and the staff genuinely cares about taking care of their guests. The Wingate is at 5252 Airway Boulevard. You can also call. Very simple, easily memorizable number, 541-8000. That's 541-8000. The best hotel at the best spot for a hotel near the airport. Let the Wingate by Wyndham in Missoula make you feel at home even when you're not. The Seattle Seahawks and their ability to consistently come back in games like they came back fell short but come back and 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 the expectation when i talked about north dakota state always expect they they just know that they're gonna make a play the seattle seahawks are have been like that since pete carroll showed up and one of the reasons is is marshawn lynch the best running back that he could have found to come in and play 100 percent no no but he understands the culture he Marshawn Lynch understands the culture, and Pete Carroll understands what the reaction to his re-entrance into the fold in Seattle is going to be and to mean for this team, and all of the things that could possibly be put to bed by bringing him back in, and four touchdowns in three games, two yesterday. Like Nobody cares about anything other than watching him run across the goal line with the football and Skittles flying everywhere. 
you know, and 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 the energy that that brings, and a certain, you know, je ne sais quoi about the way in which a football team's culture can be and what that translates to on the field doesn't. It, it, it's not quantifiable, man. And that was either a spectacular, savvy move by John Schneider and Pete Carroll to get Marshawn Lynch back in, and he didn't carry them the way he would uh, an all-pro running back would. He carried them though in in ways that are incalculable to me, and I I, I thought it was unbelievable what he did for this team. I certainly don't expect him to be back next year. In the NFL, it is so hard to win 10 or 11 or 12 games yes. every year, year in and year out. The, the New England Patriots, as, as outstanding as they have been, they are absolutely the outlier. So often you have this little window. And it, when you have – look at the San Francisco 49ers. They were so good in the 80s and the 90s. Then they were largely irrelevant for the late 90s and most of the 2000s. And then they get Jim Harbaugh, and they have this great core with Navarro Bowman and Patrick Willis and Alden Smith. And then Colin Kaepernick explodes, and, and he's this he's this transcendent guy who no one really knows how to what to do with him. And they make it to the NFC Championship game. They make it to the Super Bowl, and then it's over. And then they had to do a full-fledged rebuild. So on that note... Pete Carroll, Russell Wilson, and the rest of the Seahawks, they deserve so much credit for always being competitive during this era right. of Seahawks football. But I want to ask you this. I think that, on one hand, it is so commendable to never get blown out. They never get blown out. They mm-hmm. are in, It's a touchdown game with the Seahawks. Always, whether they win or lose, they oftentimes play up to their competition. They oftentimes play down to their competition. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a one-score game when the Seattle Seahawks are playing in it. And because they have such a great quarterback and such a great coach, they more often than not win. But I just wonder if the complete and total culture that they've encompassed limits their their absolute ceiling. I don't think as a franchise they're ever going to take the full risks to go all in. Like the Rams went all in on win the Super Bowl last mm-hmm. year. And what happens when you do that and it doesn't work and then you can't resign all those guys? Well, now you're just, you're out of the playoffs and you're one mm-hmm. and done. And who knows if your window will ever open up again. You, there's no way to tell. But I just think it's fascinating that the Seahawks, during this era, they've never been worse than 8-8, eight and eight, I don't think. They've never had a below 500 record with Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson. But on the other side of it, I don't think they've ever won more than 11 games. They are on a 10 or 11 win team every single year, yeah. and they win a playoff game and get to this point, and they have gotten over the hump when they had the Legion of Boom. But I just wonder with how they're built now, if if it the, the mentality that exists across the franchise, if it limits their ability to truly kick down the door and win another ring before this little era is over. Kick down the door is exactly the word I would have used because that is what the Legion of Boom brought to them. It was the mentality that we are going through the front door, which is locked, and we don't care that it's locked. We are kicking the door down. And this defense, the offense is better, actually, than it was when they won the Super Bowl, Marshawn Lynch notwithstanding. Because Russell Russell Wilson is so much better. That's right. And they have comparable with the emergence of DK Metcalf skill position guys with him and Tyler Lockett. Point being, though, this defense is does not have that mentality and how could it you have to build to that the point is i think they can and the culture will not stop that from happening in fact it might promote it from happening the question is can you get the personnel to do it because it's not just like they're just growing on trees so that's the thing that this team has got to find but if they do look out i mean they're going to be in a position to do it again well and it, the the yo-yo of a football team no matter what level you're talking about 
is one of the things that makes the game so fascinating. Yeah. There's only been a few teams in the history of football at any level that have been absolutely elite at everything. That's right. Take the Montana State Bobcats, for example. Like, yeah. If they get an absolutely dynamite quarterback, that will solve their biggest issue. But it will have a detrimental effect on every other element of their team because that's the way that the symbiotic universe that is a football team works. Well, maybe. Maybe. If you're going to be a defensive run-first football team, that's what you have to be. But as soon as you go and try to win games in another way, it you get what you emphasize, right? Yep. And I just wonder, the defense is going to get better for Seattle. They absolutely are. They're going to continue to improve. But will it be at the same timeline that the offense stays at the level it's at or continues to improve too? It's just such a give and take, and that's why salary cap sports and the NFL specifically is so fascinating. Plenty more to talk about that, and we will. And, of course, championship weekend coming up on Sunday, and we will. But immediate and pressing, how about the FBS National Championship? Clemson, LSU. We get you set for the natty next. Coulter, you have a business, and your business is based in the World Wide Web. Indeed I do. So I'm on my computer all the time. And if you're not online, you're not making money, and it is important to make sure that you're online and secure am i right absolutely got to be cyber safe this day and age well for you business owners out there whether you have an online business or a brick and mortar business it's still running through the web we all know that's a fact and in today's always on world your business demands a simpler approach to network security at blackfoot communications they deliver state-of-the-art security solutions from the perimeter to the endpoint devices and remote data backup for businesses across the state of montana they do they're keeping everybody cyber secure and ensuring that businesses run the way that they need to across the state. So ensure your company's network is online all the time. For more information, visit goblackfoot.com slash business. That's goblackfoot.com slash business. And you can click the link right here in the old podcast. We've made it so very easy for you. Go visit and find out how to keep your business or the business of people you know secure online with Blackfoot. Also, the Grizz Great Coaching Tree. The first central episode comes out Wednesday. There's actually a little introductory podcast, Coulter, that you and I did, kind of talking people through it a little bit. It's up right now. Wherever you get your podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, etc., you can listen to that right now. Just search Grizz Greats, and uh, and you can get that podcast. So it's brought to us by Blackfoot Communications. So thanks to them on this. You want to listen live, 1029ESPN.com is where you go. Streams brought to us by Opportunity Bank, your local bank, your opportunity. Coulter, the Clemson Tigers are the number three team in the nation. They're undefeated. They're 14-0. The LSU Tigers, they are also 14-0. They are number one in the nation, and they are playing a de facto home game, although there's going to be plenty of tickets that have gone to uh, Clemson, South Carolina fans who will be in there, but I expect this to be about a three-quarter LSU favorite crowd, which I don't know whether that helps or hurts LSU, honestly, in a scenario like this. What I do think helps them is that they have the best offense in America by far. They and this is the battle that I mean, is this is this the battle of the next two number one overall picks in the NFL draft between Joe Burrow and Trevor Lawrence? I mean, it very well might be, right? I I love Joe Burrow. I think he is an outstanding story. I think he is a really likable kid. His charisma and just the way that he kind of always believed in himself, bet on himself, and then the absolutely magical season that he had and the chemistry that he has with Ed Orgeron, who's absolutely one of my favorite coaches Love ever. Love him. 
I get all of that. And I get how his draft stock has risen, but I, I just just maybe it's because it's not as big of a body of work. But I am just leery of Joe Burrow's NFL prospect. Let's, I hear. I, I know that he's an NFL prospect. I just don't. I'm not ready to rank him above Tua Tagovailoa or or Justin Herbert quite yet. Oh, I certainly am over Tua just because of the injury. injuries. Absolutely right. And I get the Justin Herbert narratives and stuff like that. I maybe it's because I've watched Justin Herbert more. I just I think that like when I watch Trevor Lawrence, I see. Number one pick. When I watch Joe Burrow, I see first round picks certainly, but I don't see that true number one overall guy. Todd McShay does this for a living. What's he got to say? I had a fifth round grade. I sat with him with Brian Greasy, who knows quarterbacks as well as anyone I've ever been around, actually. We spent 30, 40 minutes with him in an office and, and talked to Joe Burrow, and we walked out and we just didn't know who he was. He's a different cat. He's, it takes a while to figure out who he is. You watched tape on him last year. And it's, it was hard to figure out who he was. We did the game live, and at the end, yeah, he's pretty good. And then I watched tape in the summer, and I a great backup, I think, and he's got a little bit of room for improvement, but he's never going to be a really good starter. And then he gets this year. With Joe Brady opening things up and allowing him to just go play quarterback, it finally all clicked for him. Yeah. And yeah, he is remarkable. I don't, in 20 years of doing this, I've never seen a quarterback improve from one year to the next as much as Joe Burrow has. That's pretty remarkable. And by the way, he did not say he's the number one pick. He did not say he's a, even a first-round pick, but he said he was a fifth-round pick to me, and nobody I've ever seen has improved as much as he has, and he certainly got all the hype from it. Dabo Sweeney looking for his third national championship in four years, his second straight undefeated season. Here's what he's got to say on title legacy. Regardless of what happens Monday night, this has been historic. Our program and and even this team is not going to be defined by a scoreboard Monday night. Yeah, we win. Hey, we've won 30 in a row, and and uh, these guys went 15 and 0 again back to back. But man, it, it's been special, and uh, we certainly you know believe and and, and hope, and and uh, we're going to do everything we can to win on the scoreboard too. We know that matters, but you know no matter what, we're not defined by that. This, this has been. Uh, unbelievable. What do you think about Dabo Sweeney? Where are you at on him? Oh, I love Dabo Sweeney. You do? Okay. I love Dabo Sweeney. I th- I think that... Because he does the thing that you're not always about, which is the family, hype it up, hug it out, like that Do you want to know why I love thing. Dabo Sweeney yeah, and I, I do. don't and I don't like that almost always across the board? Yeah. It's because it's not flawless and, it, and it's, not, it's not complete and total in its authenticity anywhere else but with Clemson. I truly believe that Dabo Sweeney's message of love is real. Yeah. Yeah. And and that I think like whether you accept it, but from him, it's true in him. Exactly. Yes, yes. And so often when teams are trying to cultivate that culture, there's a lack of authenticity. They're be- like, this is what we need to do because this is the way football players like to be treated, but and, not and, because and, you're actually. And they don't straight yeah. up bat a thousand when it comes to truly loving their players and having mm. a culture of love. And if, if it's to me, it just reeks of being inauthentic, even if you're doing it 90% of the time, because with the 10% that you're not. It belies what's real. You're yeah. exploiting your players. Yeah. And I don't think that Dabo Sweeney exploits his guys. I think it truly is the, the – I think it's real. I really do think it's real. I also think it's so fascinating what has happened. The, the what have you done for me lately and the the rising storylines. We've seen it happen with the MVP voting in the NBA so prevalently the last couple of years, but also now with college football. For whatever reason, 
Like Clemson hasn't lost a game, and they still got the best dude in the country, in my opinion, in Trevor Lawrence. And somehow, some way, they've just been an underdog. And I think it's hilarious <laughs> that he, that Dabo Sweeney, has taken it wrong with oh, it. Like, just, oh, poor us, you know, no right. one believes in us. You know, we've only won thirty games in a row. Better drop us in the polls. I think it's classic. I, you, and I also both love capital L, capital of Eddie O. Here's Ed talking about a home game national championship. When we found out last year that it was going to be in New Orleans, we thought that we were going to be there. Nothing was talked about, but I'm sure it was talked about in small circles. And what an opportunity was would be for us, the state of Louisiana, for everybody to be there. I like it because it's a home field advantage. I like it because we have to get on an airplane and go down there. I think it's going to be a tremendous night. It is going to be a tremendous night. And look, man, <laughs> the stories on Ed Ogeron are long and remarkable for many different reasons but what he is like again you talk about fit whatever the football thing is and what he's done with that offense right that was the issue you could never score points with less miles I don't know why now all of a sudden they're scoring points in bunches they still got a pretty bad defense to go with it anyways but also just him being him I mean him sounded like that coaching in the state of Louisiana what more do you want you know, what more do you want than Ed Ogeron coaching the LSU Tigers? I love this team, man. This is, I, I have such anticipation for this game. I, I got no, I have nothing but respect for Alabama. But the fact that it ain't Alabama in there makes this so much more intriguing. And the personality, who would I rather listen to, Ed Ogeron or Nick Saban? I mean, stop, all right? We all know the answer. This is going to be great. The Tigers of LSU, a four-and-a-half point favorite. I wish you liked pro wrestling more, man. I'm <laughs> he, telling you. He is. The, the Rock, Dwayne Johnson, yes. played D-line at the University of Miami. He made The Rock character after Ed Orgeron. Right. He's a real-life pro wrestler. It's hilarious. <laughs> Every, everybody, The cliche is everybody says, man, I wish it would have been the locker room for that, you know, win one for the Gipper speech. I think largely if you were in the locker room for the pregame speech from some of these legendary head coaches, it would be more along the status quo and it would be less thrilling than maybe you ever what, right. you, what you wanted it to be. If I could be in any locker room ever, it would be in the late 80s or early 90s Miami Hurricanes locker room when Ed Orgeron's giving the speech to his D-lineman. <laughs> Ripping off the shirt, headbutting the helmets. I mean, that, talk about authentic. That's, that's authentic. That's, that's, that's authentic. It might be authentically crazy. It's a huge game. It's the national championship. You want to get pumped up for it? Here you go. Go Tigers. Go Tigers. Go Tigers. Go Tigers. You got it. Go Tigers. Go Tigers. Go Tigers. Go Tigers. There you go. But here's the thing. You can't really say that, right? We got they're both Tigers, Coulter. True. You know? What True. are you going to do here? Well, who do you like in this game tonight? Straight up. Just pick, give me a winner. Who do you like? Uh, I, even though I just stood on the table for Clemson, I like LSU. 35-28. I really like LSU in this game, too. And I don't really know why. Usually the teams that haven't been there are at a disadvantage. It's too magical of a story, man. It's a magical story, man. LSU, I think they're going to win this one, too. But I think it's going to be a great game. This could set up to be another epic game. Boys and girls, enjoy it on ESPN Radio. Have a wonderful night. We'll see you tomorrow. Whether you're traveling to Missoula for business, a family visit, or to watch the Grizz game, the Wingate wants to be your home away from home. Call the Wingate to find out how we can take care of your next trip to Missoula. From conference rooms to great complimentary breakfast to an indoor water park, we have what you need and what you want when traveling. 
The Wingate of Missoula is a proud supporter of Grizzly and Lady Grizz Athletics, and we look forward to making you feel at home when you're not. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia? When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org. 